Aloha, everybody. This is Q the Abolitionist, and you're listening to episode 29 of Unshackled Liberty. This is a special Hurricane Douglas episode. Currently, there's a hurricane bearing down on the Aloha State. It's uh, located right alongside just north of Maui County, which includes Maui, Molokai, Lanai, uh, and Koho'olawe. But, uh, and I don't think, and nobody's living on Koho'olawe anyway, and plus it's pretty south. Um, those other islands, though, they, they might they might get it. And right around 8 o'clock tonight, we expect to have it swing by our neighborhood on Oahu. Um, I think it's planning to come right down Nimitz Highway uh, and and give us a good, a good amount of rain and wind. Um, so we wanted to get this recording in today before the storm hit us. Uh, but while you're listening to the show... Don't forget uh, to support the other Frat Brothers podcasts. You've got Burning Boots, Punk Rock Libertarians, Dissecting Liberty, Anarchy Property, The Gaslight Hour, Sean V. Planet, The Dose, Erase the State, No Real Libertarian, Trent Must Talk, and of course your favorite show, this one, Unshackled Liberty. So we're joined today with Pastor Bud Stonebreaker. He, uh, he's making a run for the mayor's office here in Honolulu. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his politics, a little bit about his campaign, a little bit about our failing economy. And, uh, and the coronavirus and how the government is just screwing all of that up. So uh, we got a lot to talk about today. I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, without further ado, Pastor Bud Stonebreaker. But how you doing, man? You doing okay? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. You know, yeah. I'm in the the wild swing of full campaign season. So, dude, what is I'm that busy. like? What is that like? Uh, you know, that's an interesting question because it's probably not. Uh, it, it'd be hard to describe in words because you've got so many different things. You've got people that are really excited and really love you. Yeah. And then you have other people that it's like out of the wood. Or why in the world is this person? You know, so upset. Awesome. <laughs> you know, you got you got friends and uh, and less than friends coming out of the woodwork. I believe it. I believe it. Well, somebody I think... said uh, when you start making a change, the quality of your friends and enemies increases. So I'm, I'm meeting better friends and I'm getting better adversaries. <laughs> That's funny. I've not heard that. But that makes a lot of sense. So you're you're full. You're in the full time ministry, right? You you pastor a yeah. church. Yep. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, we don't have to if you don't um, want to, but. No, I don't mind. Um, I, we, I've been a pastor for many years. I was an assistant pastor back in the 90s um, when I worked for my dad and his church. I ran for office feeling that it was important. You know, I, I learned at that time that very few people vote, especially Christians, only one in yeah. four yeah. at the time. I don't know how it's doing now, but I felt like. I should be an example to be engaged in okay. politics. And so I ran, Okay. Um, which was, it was my gesture of telling the people that I'm trying to minister to, Hey, let's be involved. And uh, I was kind of just trying to make a point. And then it turns out I, I am competitive and I, I was in the race. So I said, well, I might as well win, run to win. And I did win. So then what I was a state rep. What, for what six office years. was that? What office was that? State House of Representatives. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and that was, uh, and then I got out of that 14 years ago, 
uh, just the politics, you know, especially when you're in a minority party here in Hawaii. Yeah. I was going to yeah. run um, independent, but somebody said, listen, there's no, there's no independence in there because people don't vote independent. You better pick a party. Yeah. So I picked the Republican Party the day that I filed. And, uh, and we ran the race and won. And, and then uh, when, we, when I finished my, my six years, I didn't run the last time. But I also let go of the Republican Party label as well because it just wasn't conducive for the work I was doing in the ministry. You know, it's just, yeah. it's not necessary to, to divide over political lines. Um, so I'm glad that this race I'm in now is nonpartisan, but uh, I do have a history. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I imagine that being in, I imagine that being in at the House of Representatives, any, any elected office, but especially if you're in any, 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 you know, whether it be a senator or a house of reps, you're surrounded, all of your peers, and none of them agree with you on anything, you know? <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I, can, I can only imagine what, because I, you know, I look at myself and I go, I don't know if I, I mentioned it when we were talking earlier, but I, I had considered briefly uh, a political um, career running for the House of Representatives not too long ago, and, uh, the, you know, local, like, like you, the state, state house, and, uh, and chose against it. And I just kind of, I just have been pulling back from politics in general, period. Um, but uh, one of the things that changed my mind or made me decide not to do it was knowing that every day I'm going to be dealing with people who just don't see yeah. the issues the same way I do. They just don't see personal yeah. liberty and responsibility and independence the same way I do. And, and being surrounded by that, waking up every day and going to work and just knowing it's going to be a battle. Man, I don't know. I don't know how you guys do that, man. <laughs> I well, I did it for six yeah, years. And I believe it. I yeah, 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 but, yeah. You know, it's hard to go to work to be defeated every day. So you yeah. have to redefine success and yeah. you have to just look for silver linings. And, you know, we did. I mean, I got a couple of things that I'm proud of. We ended the quarantine in Hawaii for pets coming in. You know, they have to sit in the jail for four months in Halava, you know, That's with awesome. a vaccine and a microchip. So. That was a good thing. And we were able to do that through rule changes. Uh, and the governor at the time was Linda Lingle. So she was sympathetic. And, but, you know, you got things like that. And then we did, you know, I was really opposed to uh, certain things that, you know, I don't know if it was me or if it just didn't get passed because somebody else. You, what happens when you're in the minority party is you might have a great idea and they'll say, no, thanks. And then it'll come up in another bill somewhere. So you find out, well, my idea made it, but it doesn't have my name on it, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, there was the fluoridation bill. They wanted to fluoridate the water in Hawaii. And uh, I just, you know, I took um, a philosophical approach to that was that I, I said that the, the government shouldn't use the water table to treat the people medically, even if it's good for them. It doesn't matter if, if they don't have a choice in the matter. And besides, the whole fluoridation issue is uh, fluoride only helps kids at a certain age, yeah, you know, but for older people, it just urinates right out of them in the environment. So that was one of those things that I really fought against. And I didn't go into politics thinking, well, I'm going to be the anti-fluoridation guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did watch Dr. Strangelove though. So I, I remember, uh, what was that character on there? The, uh, the crazy general, one of Peter Sellers characters or no, no, uh, Peter Sellers played, played his underling. Um, and he's talking about fluoridation. It was like a conspiracy thing though, right? Yeah. Mandrake, yeah. he played Peter Sellers. Mm. But um, that's the only thing I knew about fluoridation was that bizarre scene in a Peter Sellers movie. But 
you know, looking into it, it just, you know, I, I fell on a certain side of that issue that most of my other colleagues didn't. I just saw it as a perspective of you, you, you can treat the water to make it potable. Yeah. But you can't treat people through the water without their consent. Right. And that, and that's what it comes down to, right? Like informed consent. And, you know, instead of, instead of just the government just acting, you know, in right. your best, in your best interest. Right. Because like mom. Know, yeah. 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 And, and if we look at history, we can, we can look throughout history and we can see all of the things that were done, the horrible, evil things that were done because of somebody's view of what their best interest would be. Right. Yep. You know, and uh, it's a slippery slope once government starts getting on that, on that, on that one. So, especially when they're, um, they're taking care of you when it's your health. Yeah. You, you yeah. better watch out because they feel like they have such a mandate. They do, you know, because so much of their perspective is, to some extent, virtue signaling. Yeah. Look how good we are. Look how nope. nice I am. Look how generous I am with other people's money. And we're helping. Because for somebody on that side of the spectrum, they feel that, that the government is their forum for good deeds. And in some ways, it's their temple. And that's where they, oh, yeah. they exercise their, their, their meaning, their, their life, their, their raison d'etre, right? They are there to help, you know, and what did Reagan say? That's the scariest words. I'm from the government. and I hear <laughs> Dude, I say that almost daily. <laughs> yeah. I say that almost daily, but yeah, you're right, man. I mean, and, and then when you, when you mentioned the temple, that was, uh, that's interesting. Cause I've said it for a long time that that's, that's their church for they a lot of people, for, for a lot of people, that's their worship. If you, you know, we, you know, we're, we're, you and I are Christians and so we can, we could probably have a, a pretty frank conversation about our beliefs, but you know, we're surrounded by people who would say that they don't believe yet they worship their government, you know, and their God yeah. is their God is their government or the, their God is the state. Right. And they choose, they choose to, you know, they choose to worship in that, in that way. Right. And it's, uh, it's, it's sad because when you get, when you get religious zealots, you know, moving, <laughs> moving, you know, moving through the state, right. Cause that's, that's their faith base or that's their faith, you know, yeah. faith group. They're doing all kinds of stuff, you know. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, obviously not quite so bad, but it's almost like that, you know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's true. That's a that's a whole conversation on <laughs> one's approach to government because the yeah. founders, the founders had a god. They didn't need another god. Okay. Yeah. But later generations seemed to come where, in the absence of that, that place in their life, that meaning or that satisfaction or purpose they they created sort of purpose and meaning in exerting authority over yeah. others yeah they did and uh it just seems like they relish in it and that's one of the reasons that we can be frustrated is because people that don't have that i mean most people are busy taking care of their families they're working they're mowing their log they're training their their, their lawn they're training their dog you know they're they're doing life they're raising their children and yet other people their life is they love yeah. that. And so they tend to be more engaged, more active, and more aware. You know, <laughs> the, the children of this age are wiser than the children of light, you know, Jesus said. So yeah. Yeah. sometimes that's the way it is. Yeah. So where does that come from? Where do you think that comes from? I, 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 would, I tend to believe that comes from the education system, I think. Um, we're, we're trained, you know, through the public education system at a young age to, to worship and, and revere the state. Would you, I don't know, you know, that, that's my opinion. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Where do you think that comes from? Uh, yeah, I think in part, probably, it's probably a, a mixture of things. You know, we kind of get the government we deserve. You know, yeah. the government is sort of a reflection 
of, of our society and, and what we believe. And, and it could be also a reflection of our lack of involvement or engagement. Cause I'm guilty like everybody, cause I'm busy. I'm doing life. I've, yeah. you know, I've got six kids, you know, how many jobs, different yeah. things, you know, and we don't have time to get involved in these things until we see a crisis and we say, I, we got to do that. That's what I did. I ran for mayor the last day of filing because I saw this COVID-19 direction and I, I saw the science diverting from their policies yeah. and yet their policy, you know, I remember those old uh, Wiley Coyote Roadrunner cartoons where, you know, the coyote had run off the cliff and he'd keep running in midair until he realized yeah. and then he'd stop and he'd look and he'd turn around <laughs> and he'd be suspended. I feel like the government, they, they started with some medical information and then they ran with it and they ran off the cliff and they're so far above any kind of medical or data support. Yeah. And you wonder, well, how is the state now going to get back? You know, how are we going to, how are we going to dig ourselves out of this? What's our exit strategy? If we've become mesmerized with counting numbers Yep. You know, COVID positives or COVID cases, which who knows what that definition is now because it's changing every day. Every single aspect of the numbers has been so screwy with this whole thing from the it start. Has, yeah. Every aspect. And yet they're asking us to make enormous sacrifices based on the shoddiest of information. It's really Absolutely. weird. Well, they want to shut down, they, you know, I mean, from all, all the numbers that I've seen, and I'm sure you're looking at, at pretty much the same ones. And, and it seems like this thing has a survival rate of, well, of like 99.8% or something like that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and uh, so, you know, that's a, that's, that's, if you get it right, you're going to survive. Right. I mean, and I, I don't want to take we, away. And, from, you know, and we should we, just we, stop right there. We should just stop and say, okay, this thing kills like the flu. Yeah. Yeah. And we I don't want to stop everything else. Stop it. We, I mean, you guys are pushing, you know, in Waianae right now, there, there's a public housing in the back of Waianae. My wife told me about it the other day where they're, they're doing testing. But these people are people that they receive from the government, so they're, they're vulnerable in that sense. Yeah. They're afraid to say no, lest their livelihood be jeopardized. Yeah. So they do that in Ventura, California, you know, where they had a seven-story uh, government-subsidized or public housing, and they locked them down Dude. without their choice. They changed yeah. the keypad codes so nobody's key worked. Now, when you talk about government overreach, Dude. That should make everybody scared because the same kind of pattern, I don't know if they did it exactly here, but it seems like they're going after those who would be the most vulnerable or the most, most liable to submit and yield. Yep. Cause it takes a tremendous amount of courage just to stand up for yourself in a crowd of your peers, much yep. less the government authorities. Yeah. yeah. So when you see that kind of stuff happening, you say, well, th this is the wrong, absolutely wrong direction. So what can the, what can the mayor do about that? You know I mean? It seems like a lot of this stuff well, is coming from Governor Fiat, right? Like he's sitting, he's he's on a high, he's he's on his little on his little throne, and he's he's got these uh, these edicts that he's pushing out, and I think he's like overdue on them, like by months now, isn't he? Shouldn't he be given things this 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 power, this authority that he's robbed from 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 the rest of us? He should be given that back by now, shouldn't he? We well, should have given it back three months ago, right? You know, right, two months, and by his but own then rules. He's on the ninth, ninth or the tenth, well, not his rules, but by the, the legislature. The legislature yeah. passed the bill a few years ago that he has emergency powers for 60 days, which suspends a number of things, certain laws and sun, sunshine laws. And, uh, any, and the governor has the power to call the National Guard. That's the thing in, uh, in Waianae. The, uh, the National Guard's involved. 
Now, I love the National Guard. We, we need the National Guard, but we, we don't need to use the sword or that power, that, that sort of executive power against our own people, you know, yeah. especially people who have done no wrong. And we, gotta, we have to help to change the narrative in, the, in society that, that getting COVID is, one, a death sentence because it's not. There's lots of great treatments, which ironically are not being reported by local news. Treatments that should be front page news, almost 100% effective, you know, budenicide, pulmacort, uh, hydroxychloroquine, of course, um, dexamethasone, zithromycin. There's a lot of treatments and protocols of treatments that work. So first of all, COVID's not a death sentence. Oh, it's not. And it's, it's, it's even, you know, less than it was a, a couple of months ago. So that's one thing. And then secondly, we shouldn't treat it like it's a crime. People that get it are immediately ostracized, you know, societally or, you, you know, it's, it's yeah. seen as such a negative, horrible thing that if we did that for the flu, I don't know if people think through this, but every year we get bombarded with three different kinds of flu or a bunch of them. Well, and we all get affected and, and exposed to it and it passes through. And if somebody gets the flu, we don't think less of them. But with this, if you've got COVID, you're, you're, you know, and if a tourist, right? Oh, yeah. God forbid, you know, somebody comes over with, with a sickness. Well, how do you think they got here in the first place? Well, we, yeah, we, we forget that we probably are exposed. I mean, I, we're out here in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We're a tourist destination. The whole world comes to us, right? And they bring all their garbage with us. We're already exposed to this stuff, and, and, and there's not a lot you can do about it. And aside from, you know, lock down your economy and, and put, you know, take, take all the service sector, you know, jobs and throw them in the garbage and put everybody in a, in a, in a food line, you know? Um, and even then that doesn't necessarily work because yeah. I mean, we still have it it's still here. And, you know? and to what end, what, yeah, what is to, that doing to what end? Yeah. You're going to increase all these, because all these, yeah. Yeah. You can't stop a virus. We just have to face reality. I know a virus has to run its course. It always has to run its course. There's no, or option I know. here. I know. Yeah. New Zealand kept it all out. But what about next year? You can't. You just can't. So what you have to do is you have to make the, the safest path for this thing to travel through the population. You know, we're terrified that people get it. And now, kid, you know, they're talking about kids in school. We're terrified that they're going to get it. But the science we know is that kids hardly ever show symptoms. Hardly. Because they're yeah. so healthy. Yeah. So well, they're, effect, they're so, they're so healthy. COVID create a barrier. They're they so create healthy. a barrier for the rest of us. They do. I know it might and, sound like a, a bad thing to say, but the healthy people, the people under 50, need to, and Dr. Burke said this at the very beginning, everybody's going to get this. So all I, this shame that's coming on Florida, you know, bad, Florida, bad. Oh, yeah. they do, they're actually ahead of the game because those are all the people that are going to have herd immunity. Well, and everybody days, wants to... Everybody wants to flatten the curve, but that's, that's exactly how you flatten the curve is you just kind of get exposed. And the reason why kids don't show symptoms and the reason why their immune systems are so healthy is because they're all booger eaters, man. They're, 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 exposed, to, they're exposed to junk all the time. They eat mud, yeah. they eat dirt, they eat worms. You know, they eat all kinds of stuff at a very young age. And they just, their, their immune system is in hyperdrive. And they, and they can handle this a lot better. We should aspire to be like that, you know, and, and we should – we should aspire. I mean, I walk around work all the time and, and people think I'm joking and I, and I, and I laugh when I say it. So, okay, maybe I kind of am, but I'm only joking because you know, it's, I don't, I don't, I'm not really joking. I just, it's easier to say I am. I want it. 
I want to get it over with. Yeah. And I say it all the yeah. time. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't look forward to the 10 days of going through the process. Nobody, nobody should have to do that, but, but man, you know, yeah. come out the other end of that and just have one Set less thing free. to worry about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> give me a t-shirt that said I had it. I passed it. I can't give it to you. I know. So I'm free from all your mandates. I Please. know, man. I know. I don't That's know. the thing is we should be yeah. testing for antibodies because I think yeah. they've done about a hundred thousand tests and they found about 1500 people ballpark. Yeah. So that's about 1.5%, right? Is that about right? Yeah. yeah. So now if that's the case and the thing lasts about 10 days or two weeks, you're only about 10 days they say um, can, can transmit it. So let's, let's do our positive cases and let's take a two week window. Every two weeks, if those are our numbers, if 1.5% 1, 1. of those tests is positive, if that's the case, if we go every two weeks from the beginning, and let's just use that number, I know it's not the same, yeah. but if we've had 1.5% getting infected, every two weeks that rolls over, that's 3% a month. We're four months in. We're probably up to around 12 to 15% immunity in the population. Mm. It's yeah. possible. We don't know because they, they don't test for antibodies. No, they're not. But if we tested for antibodies, we'd know how far along we are in a path toward natural immunity. But it seems like they're steering us toward this, this uh, vaccination immunity. Yeah. But the, the, the natural immunity is achievable and relatively easy. SARS-CoV-1 died out. They don't even know why. Probably because people reached a, an invisible herd immunity or something happened, but it died. It died out. And this one most likely will too. Yeah. And, and we can do it quicker if we just kind of stop all the games, you know? Yeah. But you know, that's the narrative, right? But that they, they don't want, they don't, it's that control that, that fear, you know, if, if you, have you ever seen the movie? Did you watch the movie V for Vendetta? Oh yeah. A long time yeah. ago. Yeah. There, well, there's a scene there. Yeah. There's a scene there all doing their video teleconference or whatever they call it in that movie. And, and I think the chancellor was like, we need these people we need to remind these people why they need us, right? This is a, they're, they're the big, the big over, overreaching government. Um, and I think a lot of ways, that's what this is, man. It's, you know, it's, it's not this dystopian thing yet, but I mean, they're like, I think a lot of it. Yeah. It's a, it's, we, they want to remind us why we need them. And I, and I don't fall in line. I don't think we really do. And, frankly, but uh, what's puzzling to me is I wonder what's happening on the national scene when I see places that should know better mm. playing along. I'm curious. I don't know, you know, and I don't, I, I'm happy to be wrong on all of these things. I just want somebody that's in a position of authority to argue with me about it so they can convince me otherwise. But I think, I think Ige, Caldwell, Josh Green, I think Bruce Anderson, Sarah mm. Park, I think they're all completely wrong. And I know, as a candidate for mayor, that's a pretty bold thing to say. And, and that's okay. I'll be bold, but I'll also say, I will be glad to be wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. But they're not talking about any science. They're not talking about any medications, therapeutics, prophylactics. They're not but, talking about any of that. They're only but, talking about numbers, and they're maintaining mandates. But, 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 but if it saves just one life. Yeah, that's the other if it just saves If it just saves <laughs> one life, isn't it all worth it? We could save lots of lives on the highway if we reduce the speed limit to five miles an hour. I think a few episodes ago, I made a point. Uh, I, you know, I don't. I was talking. I think in order for COVID nineteen to reach the level of ve you know vehicle based or vehicle vehicular deaths, 
you know, whether they be pedestrians, drivers, passengers, whatever, right, uh, that we get in one year, I think we'd have to have the coronavirus raging for like over three years or three and a half years or something like that. And, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering it because it's an old stat. I don't have it memorized, you, you know, but uh, it's something like it, in order to reach the amount of people we kill by cars, we have to have this coronavirus raging for three and a half years. Dude, everybody's still driving, you know, and yeah. we've been, and we've, and then, you know, we've been doing it. So it a lot, that's just one more thing that just kind of shows that, that it's about fear. It's about control. If, if they really care. And I mean, that's the question though, yeah. is the average, cause I, I have the challenge of campaigning to people and some of my supporters, it's not some of them, most of them, it's kind of like an understanding, like this is the real issue that we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. The trash has to be picked up. The rail's a problem. You know, we got, you know, all these other ancillary issues. But my yeah. thing was when I saw the pool of candidates and all, they're all within the narrative. And any answer that stays within the narrative is futile yeah. because if you can't separate yourself from the narrative and say, um, this is, there's a lot of this, that's a sham. And that's a hard thing to say as a candidate, because then you'll be pigeonholed. And well, yeah, you're the one, you're the crazy guy, you know? And I mean, not that you're the crazy guy. I'm not, I'm not saying you no, are, but, that, but no, it yeah, can, yeah. it can be, yeah. it can be the case because I don't, I don't believe their narrative. I think that they are lying. And the reason for that is because of, an exhaustive amount of effort and research and many other people have been saying the same thing. Yeah. The, and it's not hard to come to that conclusion. All you have to do is think a little. Do you think just they're really little. lying or do you think they're just ignorant? I think some are ignorant, but I think deep down there is a, uh, some kind of operation. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand exactly how, but never in the history of the world have we seen such collusion between mega media platforms, mm. the intelligence community, and the global community. I mean, the World Health Organization is, and this is where, and the, the end of the thing is it seems to end up with the sort of the dragon of communism yeah. because the totalitarian state, the surveillance state, the police state, you know, all of those things fall under the same doctrine of that, that Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. And so you think, is it, could it really be? I mean, are we listening? I told this story over and over, but one of my friends, he, he, he found in his Honolulu Star advertiser uh, a section, it looks just like a normal section, uh, called the China Daily. And uh, it's a Chinese Communist Party um, publication. Without, de without debate, it's, it's well known. The State mm -hmm. Department's keeping an eye on it. But our local newspapers are carrying Chinese Communist propaganda openly. You know, and it sounds like hyperbole or it sounds like a conspiracy theory. I, I have it somewhere right here. <laughs> I carry it, I carry it around sometimes to show people, but you know, and they'll admit it, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have, we have propaganda coming in to us and it's, it's not a conspiracy theory to recognize that because we do. Well, it's we, okay. We even it's okay to use that word with me, conspiracy. You know that term, conspiracy theory, because uh, you know if I think I think we've we've done a, not you and I necessarily, but the the masses, the the people in charge have done a pretty good job of of taking that term, conspiracy conspiracy theory, and bastardizing it to an extent because you know they 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 don't want people to think independently. You don't. It doesn't take much much paying attention for you to realize that there is a conspiracy out there that there yeah. is an underlying 
motive that they're that they're trying to pull off and uh i mean i'm not talking about anything crazy or off the wall you just you just look around there is no transparency in government and as long as there is no transparency in government then there is a conspiracy that's that is yeah. and it's okay to say that at least it's okay to say that with me you don't have to worry about it but <laughs> no I, I it's just one of those yeah. things where yeah. you know lately i have to be really on my toes lest i you know because you're always going to get sound bited yeah you're you right. yeah and yeah. so but that's okay. I welcome the conversation because I'm not a career politician. I don't, I'm not going, I'm not running to be mayor so I can be a congressman or a governor. I don't even care about those things. I really, I, I have no deep seated insatiable craving to be the mayor. It, it's not, it's never been a dream of mine. Um, I'm interested in doing this job so that we actually have a voice. That's another thing. You know, you've got that label that's labeled you're, Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. And I tell you what, if I talked to myself six months ago and I told myself six months ago the things that I've heard out of the mouths of World Health Organization officials and uh, Department of Health agents across the nation where they say, we're going to knock on your door and if somebody has it, we will remove them from the premises. Now, if I told myself that six months ago, I'd say, bud, you are a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but that happens. It's happening now. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. So. You know, don't let anybody stereotype with that word uh, conspiracy. And also the other one is, and this is the thing that's even probably more touchy, is the, the label anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that's been made, that's been memed already. Yeah. You're a crazy Karen, you know, some homeschool health nut that doesn't read anything and doesn't listen to science and you're making it hard for it. So there's already this, this stereotype, a charge to be laid against anybody who, well, listen to this. Now, the FBI, they funded a study last year, and I did a little report on this. They funded a study that the conclusion of the study was that people that are opposed to vaccinations during a time of pandemic are one of the top 10 threats to national security. Wow. This FBI study. Wow. Now, the thing is that they invoked the World Health Organization who changed kind of, they softened the definition of anti-vaxxer to anybody, and this is the new term, vaccine hesitant. Yeah. So if you are vaccine hesitant, you are now one of the greatest threats to national security according to our own FBI. That is scary. That is scary. That is scary. So if you don't buy the narrative, you don't buy the vaccine schedule hook, line, and sinker with no question, uh, you're- Yeah, what, if I, what yeah. if I have a hesitancy to the flu vaccine? I don't want to get the flu vaccine. Is that okay? No. You know, I mean, they lump you in so that if you're vaccine hesitant, you're still anti-vaxxer. So you got that stereotype. So you're a conspiracy theorist anti-vaxxer. Mm. Well, those labels shut down discourse and debate. Yeah. They shut down reason. Can't yeah. even talk with some people. Thank yeah. Thankfully, it's not everybody. But No. I, I think we just got to get people to a point where they default to the idea that that, that in, in general terms, the, the, the government is not out for your best interest, you know, and, and uh, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if you're there, I, you know, but if, if you just start from the position, just have a questioning attitude, just have a questioning attitude about things and then, and then be willing to have a conversation. I don't know how we get there. You know, that's part of what, that's part of why I want to do this podcast a little bit. I told you on the phone, I think it's, it's cathartic for me to get some of this stuff off my chest. Yeah, because it eats. Yeah, because like yeah, because it eats me up if I don't right. And then I'm the guy yeah. at work that's like on a rampage. You know, like I can't believe you idiots don't see this. It's so plain, right? 
But now right. if I just if I just put it out if I just put it out I can say ah okay now it's off my chest and I'm yeah, working. It's like a good workout, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, I was wondering. Do you, I wonder if if the answer is anger. I wonder hmm. if people need to get angry. Yeah. Because while they're being paid by the government to obey yeah. the government, yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a lethargy that can settle in. Um, uh, people aren't sharp. No. When when things are going well, but when things start to go bad, people really start questioning. And I don't know if people have really started questioning yet. You know these these stimulus checks that people are getting. They don't they don't even know they're going to get taxed on. You know, six hundred bucks a week. You're getting taxed on that at the end of the year. You're going to have a bill. Yeah. In five months, or you know, by next year for tax time, you're gonna have to pay thousands of dollars. But it's too late to get angry then, because the election's now. Yeah. And if you vote for these same guys, they're gonna do the same policy. And the other thing is their their philosophy, it's not just the COVID issue, it's the mentality that you see illustrated in the COVID issue. Because what they're going to do now, you know, if they open, they're gonna open with this controlled open where seventy-two hours in advance you have to have a negative test it's like a covid pass you know it's this it's this vaccine passport that we keep hearing about and you know agenda 21 and all of these different things where you think yeah yeah i would say that's a conspiracy if i didn't see it happening right in front of me yeah if it's not right here you know i mean it's it's plain as day for anybody who's willing to pay attention you know yeah yeah so you know that you see it happening and uh you wonder well when will people are they we just all going to go along with this so there's a cultural side. So I'm doing a campaign side, which is, you know, let's restart the economy. And, I'm, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, yeah. you got to craft your answers and stuff. And that's fine. But the real other side is we have a constitutional crisis and an existential threat to our society at the gates. Yeah, right now in front of us. And I mean, maybe we just need to blow. the. We, it's a cultural thing, though. We have to engage with other people and doing this. This is what this is. This is a solution. It's yeah. not just a therapeutic thing because people <laughs> hear this. People need to have a conversation where they're just listening and, and you're, they're not being confronted because people get so emotional. You know, the masks are kind of a, they're an emblem, right? Yeah. They, they, yeah. and I don't think it's a complete uh, exposure of the believers and non-believers because many people, and I pray and I hope that the majority of people that wear masks hate them. Oh, I'm ready to stop. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wear them. I wear mine. I wear mine to work. Um, you know, I work, I work in a place where, where, uh, if I don't wear it, I'm not yeah, welcome, yeah. you know? And, and at the end of the day, dude, I, you know, I'm, my job is still going, I'm still feeding kids, paying mortgage. So man, if I gotta, gotta wear, if, yeah. if I gotta wear a mask for eight hours to keep feeding my yeah. kids, you know, I'll do it. I'll do what I gotta do. But so it, sometimes doesn't, people, it doesn't mean I want to, you know? Yeah. Well, people, cause I, I've spoken against it and, uh, you know, I went and I waved with some people who were protesting a development the other day and I, and I wore a mask for their sake. Um, but I do have a note from my doctor, you know, so, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm not against the masks in and of themselves. They're irrelevant. Yeah. If you're going to visit somebody who could get sick, wear a mask, but to, to make it mandatory, um, without any discretion, over which kind of mask. And I mean, think about all the things you touch. You wear a mask, you, you give somebody five bucks for a sandwich or whatever. 
boom, you've touched what they've touched. Money, door handles, <laughs> elevator buttons, the check that you signed with the pen at the restaurant. And everybody it, that's, yeah, everybody that's touched that $5 before you. you and know? almost every yeah. person that, that even promotes masks recognize that if, if you don't wash before and after you wear them, then it doesn't do any good because people pull them off, right? They pull them off at the freight, at the face, yeah. sneeze, put it back. So <laughs> not only that's the other thing is they literally do not work. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. They, they, We're not saying figuratively, they yeah. literally do not work. They're, they're objectively a waste, you know? Yeah. So the yeah. idea that it's promoted as the cure all is just baffling. You know, while they let prisoners out of jail to save them from COVID, why don't we just give them masks? You know, if that's the case, you know, so these are things that people, I think they question, hopefully they question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't people, I don't know if people question much anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we're pushing that. I'm glad at least you are. And I'm trying my best too. So you are, you are all, I don't want to change it, change. Well, I do want to change, change the topic. You are a farmer also. Uh, well, we started farming um, in earnest about a year ago. Okay. We, our church bought a ranch three and a half years ago. And um, about a year ago, I started just thinking about a way that would um, utilize our land because we have some land. It was used for uh, horses for many years, mm -hmm. uh, but it's ag two land. Uh, we can, you know, if we got the permit in the future, we could have a school and a daycare and stuff. So that'd be good. Um, but we felt like, number one, we want to help our community. And our community is, it suffers. It's a downtrodden, it's an impoverished area. Um, and so one of the, the most natural things is to grow our own food. So yeah. it initially started as almost an emblem of what we need to do. And the more we, we did it, we took a class on Kahlo. We, we started and we had some citrus planted and some avocados, not, not very much, but um, we really started looking at it as a way to move forward because um, we just, we're not connected to the earth anymore. And uh, you know, we don't know where our food comes from. Your kids think that milk comes from Costco, you know, and uh, you know, and yeah. hamburger comes from McDonald's, but, for the most part, but you know, growing our own food, even if we can move 1% toward a more sustainable uh, world, or at least our culture and our local culture, that was a good thing. So we started doing that. And, uh, and so that's, that's relatively new for me, but I really believe that it's the way forward, not just for local communities, but island wide, you know, we import 90% of our produce and that's just stupid. It's just, yeah. There's no other way to say it. It's just dumb. I, I'm working. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a backyard garden going. I started after uh, as soon as this COVID thing hit, yeah. and, and we all I kind of started of scrambling. Did. Yeah, dude. I, I was looking around, going, "I'm not as independent as I would like to be," you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started doing that, and and I'm it's I'm having fun with it, but it's not doing well. <laughs> it's therapeutic. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... I got I got a lot to learn uh, to make it to make it work, but uh, you know, it's something I'm trying to do. Yeah, thought about violating the uh, the homeowners association against some chickens, but uh. Uh, well, you know, look it up because there's some that just they're really quiet and they're really docile, and uh, okay. they might be all right. Right on, yeah, man. I think that's I think that's a, 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 that's good. 
um, trying to get a little more independent, get a little more, yeah, food, food independent, I think is important, especially being at least here. we start, at least we start thinking about it. Yeah. Cause it's good for everybody to think about it. Cause yeah. I'm the same, you know, you eat what you eat and sometimes it's just processed and like, where did it come from? You know, yeah. it's good. Yeah. That, I mean, sometimes we just eat to pass time or cause we're getting emotional and all of those things. They're kind of a whole kind of approach to life where, right. My wife's helped me a lot with the way I eat over the years. You know, she's from Israel. They just eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and Mediterranean diet. So if left to myself, it might be frozen pizza and some malasadas to chase it down. But instead, it's salad and uh, vegetables. So well, dude, I'm going in the right direction. Yeah, my wife is the same way. She's, she's, she helps me out. Otherwise, I'd be peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, macaroni and cheese and cereal. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> those are the three three basic. Those are those are my three basic food groups, man. <laughs> but yeah, well that's. Oh cool, yeah, man. we've been jumping in, just you know, and I'm I, I find it therapeutic to. There's so much to learn. Yeah, you know, I know so little, and uh, but I like to learn, and the stuff that the stuff that makes sense. You know, we were putting fertilizer in a low E which is a, a wet uh, tarot patch, you know, it's yeah. water. It's up to your, up to your waist in water. And uh, we were trying to apply a potash uh, potassium solution to see if it would absorb and we'd get a different, it was with the class I was taking um, to get a starchier corm of the colo. And, uh, but the question was, well, how will the fertilizer that we pour in, it's uh, crystallized and you dissolve it. How will it adhere to the, the soil if it's in water and uh, one of our soil scientist professors was telling us that soil certain soils it has a certain electronic charge oh wow and the potassium has the opposite charge so certain soils uh, don't have that charge they won't they won't take that nutrient so it's that whole positive but, and negative attraction thing like yeah yeah it's just the wildest thing like within creation you have that's these God. amazing things and you yeah. And all these different soils, you know, different types of soil and different crops that work in them. And it's a lifelong, I guess, learning thing, but uh, it's fun in the process. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. That doesn't, eh, I don't know. I'm not, you just kind of blew my mind. And I think about that from a, like you said, creation and I go, yeah, man, that's God. And, and you, you know, that, that kind of thing doesn't happen by accident. Somebody had to, somebody had to design that, you know? Oh yeah. The more you look into it, the more yeah. it's just like, and you think of the power of the earth, Yeah, you know, I mean, to generate yeah. food. Yeah. It's really quite mystical and wonderful and probably a healthy exercise to, to think about now and then Yeah, better than just, you know, eating a hamburger. Exactly. <laughs> and I know where it came from. So we're having fun. Yeah. So how are you doing with the storm that we got going on this hurricane um, Douglas? Well, we'll see. It's starting to hit Maui now. So yeah. I think we look at reports to see if it's really hitting it hard. And I think it's been downgrading a little bit, but you never know. And we've missed so many over the past few years. Had a couple of rainstorms that really dumped a lot, especially in my neighborhood, Waimanalo. But we haven't had a bad hurricane in a while. And uh, you just wonder, you know, how many, how many years before we get another real strong one? So how did Texas get Hurricane Hana and we got Hurricane Douglas? 
you know, I, I, mean, I know, I know that I know the names are. I know we don't get you know the names are alphabet alphabetical, and they're you know one for the Atlantic and one for the Pacific, right? But different lists. But uh, you know, how did we? You know, how how come? You know, where's our Hawaiian name, man? This is a Hawaiian hurricane. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it was if it was Hurricane Hana and it hit Hana, yeah, then that would be ironic. That would be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, man. So, what do you? Uh, yeah, what do you so what are your what are your you've talked a little bit about freedom. We talked a little bit about about the uh the the coronavirus and how that's killing our economy. Um well I don't know if we know. I don't know if we know how much we don't see the ramifications yet of, yeah because everybody's kind of living in this suspended financed time. Um but the people with businesses are shutting their doors. Yeah. And yeah. uh, not all of those boards that are being put up on windows are for the hurricane. Some of them oh. are just quitting. And they're just done and they're not coming back. And, and then uh, the, the down the line, you know, my uh, friend of mine told me that his dentist told him that he has like 20% less um, patients now, partly because people are afraid, partly because um, they don't have money. People just, you know, you, so you think, well, the dentists are going to be affected by the tourist industry. Yeah, everything's going to be affected. Everything. And then not only that, if there's no tax revenue generated, you don't want a future society where there's social unrest and poverty and depression and um, abuse, uh, crime, where you're not generating enough money to pay your police officers. That's a scary thought. You know, so we, we got to have some foresight. I think a lot of these, these things that we're going to face that we haven't really thought about. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier because most of the people in the government, they have, they have their jobs, yep. they have their paychecks. And uh, I think a lot of people like the idea of collecting a paycheck and not going to work, but that's not how the real world works. Yeah. Well, that's you know? that the, we, we are, we live in an economically illiterate time too. Like people don't understand the difference between cost and um, you know, cost centers and profit centers who, who generates the wealth and who drains the wealth. Right. And, and uh, unfortunately the people who run government, fail to understand that they are a cost center, right? And in, in, in general, you know, and this isn't a shot at, at, at you necessarily running for mayor, of course, it's just, in, just, just knowing local, state, federal government, they don't make any wealth. All they do right. is drain right. wealth. All right. they do is drain wealth to do their job, right? So where does that wealth come from? This isn't, and right. this is not a, I'm not advocating for taxation because I, you know, I'm one of these guys, I believe in taxation is theft, but that's a personal choice, right? So that's, that's my view, my view on it. But you can't, you can't tax something if there's nothing to tax. Right. So if you shut down business, which, which is generally, that in general terms, those are your profit centers. Those are the people who generate wealth by providing a service. Um, you, you kill, you, you basically, you're killing yourself. And then you're left with what? At the federal level, they have to print $6 trillion. And what does that do to the value of the dollar? Why is gold, why is gold $1,800 an ounce right now? It's not because gold, the value of gold is going up. It's because it's the value. 19. Well, okay. Yeah. So, it, it, and, and, and going, right? So like for um, some reason, I just checked it this morning. I was doing some calculation. It's like 1889 or something. And that's not because the value of gold is going up. That's because the value of the dollar is going down. You know, like that's just lost on people. And the next thing you know, the cost of a loaf of bread is going to be twice it was, you know, twice, twice as much. And, you know, I mean, we already pay $8 a gallon for milk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're ready to pay 16 bud? You know, because that's yeah. coming, you know? Well, I get these questions for these uh, questionnaires. How will you as mayor diversify the economy? And I get the question and I understand it. 
and we do need a diversified economy. You know, total dependence on food imports is a problem, but total dependence on tourism is probably not the best thing. However, we don't have a diversified economy. No. And we need those tourist dollars. But the idea that it's the government's job to diversify oh, an economy is, well, it's maybe a limited way of allowing or directing attention to a certain sector or developing something. But usually those things take a lot of money and they take many years. And sometimes there's a lot of waste and misuse. So my answer, you know, it's, it might be kind of cavalier, but I just say, listen, I don't think it's the government's job to diversify the economy. It's the people's job. They'll do it. They're smart. Get out of the way. They're, yeah. they're creative. Let them do it. Get you know? government but this out idea of the that way. the government's going to fix it or the government's going to generate is it's a fallacy. Yeah. Well, they don't, you know, they don't understand economics, right? They, again, we live in a very economically illiterate time and, and, how do you how do you diversify an economy? Well, let the market work. Mm-hmm. Get out of the way and let the market work because the market will tell you what is needed. And and if you just pay attention to the needs, then there's going to be somebody, some genius somewhere that's going to come up with a solution. And, and then motivated. That, and and, and there, yeah, dude. And you let profit be a motivator, you know. And and okay, then then now you have competition because you know I mean mm-hmm. profit's a signal to the economy. You know if somebody's getting away with highway robbery, well maybe that just means that we need to get somebody else in there to compete with them and bring the prices mm-hmm. down, right? So, the, you know this is lost. These these concepts, these basic one hundred one level, you know macroeconomic level basic concepts that are just the money we, will run out. We don't have so that. They get that. <laughs> There's no money. Yeah, yeah they don't get. No, it we can that. just print it. Just credit card. We we'll no, go credit card. Yeah, they don't trillion dollar credit card. it's like when i was a kid first understanding this stuff how can you be out of money dad you still have checks <laughs> i laughed so hard i lost my iPad. <laughs> but yeah yeah man so it's interesting the, the world we're in and i don't know how to you know like i said this we, we talked about it. this show is a cathartic exercise for me but it's also in a way hopefully to get some people listening and i'm glad you're here because i think you're kind of doing the same thing with your with your uh with your run for, for mayor, where, how do you, yeah. uh, you know, how are you, I haven't been paying, I should have paid attention before I did this. How are you polling? Are you paying attention to that at all? Are you doing okay? I don't know exactly. Um, and I'm not, I got great traction and a ground level. Yeah. And our campaign, we started on the last day and yeah, I mean, one of my opponents has raised 1.4 million and spent 1.5 million. So he qualifies as a politician right there. He spent more than he's taken in, but that's <laughs> a lot of money. And he's been running for a long time. Me, I, I tried to get two different people to run for office. One about seven months ago, eight months ago, because of some other issues. I just thought, man, this is the time to, he could probably win right now with a certain climate. And then that didn't work out. And then I tried to get somebody else who was on the ballot for another position right now. Uh, and he's real committed to that position. So he wouldn't want to do it. But the last day of filing, I just, I said, we, got, we have to do something because tyranny is on the way. You know, there's, there's a, a real danger that we will lose our freedoms completely. So I thought, well, I, I don't, yeah. Are you there? I think I'm losing you. Uh, oh, we're good now. I think we're good now. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I just, it might have been my iPad. Okay. I'll try so, it. you know, I just ran at the last minute. I just jumped in. Um, so I don't have 
a vast network, but what I do have is passion. People are passionate. Yeah. They're, they're, they're excited. And that's our, that's our aim. You got to tell your vote and then go out and get another hundred votes. Go talk to people. That's, that's what we're telling people. And, yeah. and so we do have a lot of energy and there's a lot of uh, momentum building. Uh, but we got two weeks while the vote is collected and how yeah. secure that is. We don't know, but yeah. we're hoping for the best. Yeah. I tell you, you know, one of the funny things is, and I don't know how, how uh, just you, you touched on that. And every time somebody talks about the, how secure a vote, the vote is or, or any, anything like that, I always think about cryptocurrency, right? We've, we've been given this wonderful technology through the development of cryptocurrency. And I'm not even talking about the money per se, but this is just a blockchain technology, right? I would love to see, and I don't know if this, you know, I'd love to see an experiment or at least some, some, some look into using the blockchain for purposes of voting, at least that technology, you know, um, I think you could do away with a lot of the, <laughs> this is probably pie in the sky kind of stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're not, you didn't, you didn't sign up to have that conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, you, Oh no, that's all right. It just jogs my memory, you know, or jog, jogs these well, ideas I got you, in my head. Yeah. You made me think of something that's actually quite fascinating, but it's probably more for a, uh, a late night radio show. <laughs> but it does have to do with uh, Microsoft. You know, they have a couple patents pending for a cryptocurrency system using body activity data. What? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> okay, so what Microsoft wants to do is an injectable... Um, I have it right here. And an injectable, like, nanotech mm. that will make your body into a server. And if you know anything about cryptocurrency, how it's generated, yeah. I mean, you probably do a little bit because yeah. it's, it's an algorithm that has to be yeah. solved. And so yeah. you need servers. So Microsoft wants to make human beings servers. Um, that could never go wrong, ever. <laughs> is that backwards? No, I yeah. see it. I see it. Body data activity. Look at the patent That's... number. This is the European Oh, wow, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, There's 20, an American patent number that that's different, but it's uh, 2020 06 which got a lot of people's attention. <laughs> yeah. Now the American application has a different number, but it's the same thing. And it has, I mean, if you look at this thing, it'll freak you out. Yeah. It will freak you out. So what Microsoft is trying to do is to make human beings, the servers for generating cryptocurrency. That sounds With like an, it sounds With like a nanobiological a, uh, synthesis. I know it sounds crazy. That's a matrix. Can't talk about this that's a matrix prequel. Matrix. <laughs> that's a prequel to the matrix, dude. <laughs> I, isn't it wild? So I've, I've hardly talked to anybody about this because I'm thinking, man, that's, uh, that's some off the wall stuff, man. This yeah. is the official patent website. It's not made up, you know? So you think of what, yeah, cryptocurrency is very interesting because it's, it's, you know, money used to be based on the gold standard. The value is based upon, it's tied to something. So it's not just nebulous, you know? Yeah. Um, well, cryptocurrency is strong in that sense because it's based on something relatively concrete. It's based on a, a moving, well, it's a moving, it's not gold per se, but um, it's based on an algorithm. But could you imagine a, a monetary system 
based on the human standard? Yeah, that, and that, that makes you start thinking, okay, now where are we going with that? Yeah. Now, so, so we are the product. That's what's scary. You know, so we are the you, product. By living, will be able to buy or sell or whatever. Your body generates either the code or the number or whatever. Access to a, a data bank or a pool or a, a hive mind or something. It, it's just, it's interesting. And it's... Dude. I'm so into technology. I'm so into technology. I'm not even like, I love, I love the fact like, like I got a phone that I really enjoy, you know, but then there's, then there's a whole thing that I know that it's hearing everything I'm saying, even when I don't want it to. Right. And it's, you know, I, 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 I'm into that stuff, but then every time I hear this kind of thing, I just want to go off the grid, go, go find a chunk of land up in Alaska and just, and just murk caribou and survive off the land and just, and just have my own little piece of just get out of my, get out of my life world. You know what I mean? Like every time I, every time I hear something like that, I'm just like, ah, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I'm done. I agree. But if, if it wasn't so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Hawaii and I can't even get a backyard garden to be productive. What am I going to do in Alaska when you have like a, I three, saw this, a I, three month growth season and that is it, you know? Yeah. Right. You got one <laughs> chance. Otherwise you're eating caribou. But yeah. I saw this couple there. Uh, they've been living in the, the wild in New Zealand for about four years. Oh, cool. And uh, you know, New Zealand has no predators. So mm-hmm. you basically just got to get your food and uh and it's, you know, so it's safe. And, you know, I think like, wow, wouldn't that be kind of cool? But then the reality, it's a really hard life and it would get incredibly boring, incredibly boring and probably frustrating and lonely, but you know, maybe that's, maybe that's what we need. Have you ever seen that? Uh, there was an old documentary about a guy by the name of Dick Prenicky and he went up to Alaska to spend a year there and build a cabin. And the film was made in like the 60s, but he mm-hmm. filmed it. He was by, the, by himself. Anyway, he, he stayed up there that one season, and then he stayed there for the next 35 years. Oh, wow. And he just, he just lived in nature, just changed yeah. his vibe, you know? But bet, what a And as hard as, as hard as that life is, you're not going to have nanobots inside you mining Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by you just yeah. being around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rough. Well, bud, I don't know what else. To, I don't know what else to talk about. What about you? Well, I'm glad to meet you over the phone. Uh, yeah, man, I'm glad. I'm glad, glad you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, this is this is a bit of a challenge. We we are uh, we're on a bit of a break, actually. Um, I'm taking a professional. I told you I was trying to get get out of the industry that I'm in, and so I'm taking a bit of a professional license course to try and try and see about maybe moving in a, another direction. And. Uh, so I had to take a month off. And then of course my co-host crypto gumbo, he, he had some things going on and, and so we've taken some time off. We're trying to get, we're trying to get the band back together and, and, and get, and get our, get our, uh, our mojo rolling again. It's kind of hard to get yeah. it off a of top dead center right now, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad we, I'm glad we had this chat. I'm glad you came in. Um, do you have anything else you want to plug? I mean, what are your, what are your webs? I tried to friend you on, or I tried to follow you on Twitter. So you might, you know, I don't know. You might okay. find me on that, but, uh, I know you're on Twitter. I'm active, active on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. Some of those Twitter and Instagrams might be uh, an offspring of mine. My daughter helps me with that. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm mainly on Facebook, but I do see Instagram through Facebook. But uh, so, but our website is budstonebreaker.com. And good. 
That's the main hub um, for you, right? That's our campaign thing. Um, our campaign website, volunteers, donations, you want to sign, you can go there and uh, we'll get you in the system. But I'm, sh I'm sure many of your your listeners are probably well on board with the freedom train. Oh, absolutely. We, we're, yeah, we're moving, we're moving in the, in the Liberty direction. That's, that's, that's the world that I'm in. And uh, anybody I talk to, I try and push them in that direction. Um, yeah, that's good, dude. So, so we got you, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. I'll make sure that you're in there cool. and, I'll, and I'll tag you when, when, when we publish, I'll try and get this thing published uh, early this week. Uh, if this storm doesn't, doesn't wipe us all out. You know? <laughs> well, we'll see. It's a cool thing about this, uh, this time is that uh podcasts and food trucks are doing really well dude so if you have one of those people are, are listening yeah they are they are and, and they're and, eating good mexican food and i and <laughs> it's and it's decentralized it's deregulated and it's just yeah. it's it's market-based and and if you have an idea and this is for anybody else who's listening and not just you of course but anybody else who's listening to the show if you have an interest in 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 doing a podcast you have something you want to say it is so easy to get out and say it yeah. Get, get on, get a podcast, get a little name going and just say it. And even if it's junk, I mean, I'm, I'm 29 episodes in with this and, and every episode is a little bit better. Uh, yeah. it'll, you'll start out rough, but it eventually you'll, you'll hit your stride and you'll understand it. So don't be afraid to make, to, to, to make some noise. And I thought, I thought about, yeah. I thought about that perspectives aspect. Cause you know, as a pastor, I teach. Yeah. Um, it was weird during this COVID thing. I, I started feeling like, where's the news? Where yeah. is the news? I'm finding news all over the world and I'm cross-checking it and I feel yeah. like nobody's getting news. I, so I felt like all of a sudden it was incumbent upon me to explain to our people what was really happening and uh, it was exhilarating and it still is, but I'm in campaign mode now. So, yeah. But I can see because there's, there's great value in broadcasting the truth yeah. and disseminating it. And we'll see who hears it, but uh, I think maybe people are getting hungry because a lot of people are listening to a lot of people that are that are pushing stuff, and it's all it's all being censored, right? It's uh, you know on Google, and of course, you know when I when I just showed you that uh, that image, I had to Google it, and uh, let me see if I can. Uh, so the the first response or the first answer from Google is Snopes, right? Yeah. And we know, how, we know how credible Snopes is, <laughs> but you know, they want to turn everything. So, you know, these platforms are censoring and they're, so we have to navigate through all this stuff with, you know, supreme wisdom and tact and, but people are listening and they're yeah. hungry. You have to kind of be your own fact checker. You know, you, you, you see yeah. something and then you got to go cross reference it with something else and, and try and pick apart what is truth and what is, what is fallacy, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, and, and that's a lot of work, but you just can't, you just, you just can't, can't do trust, nothing. You just can't trust everything, man. You know, you got to yeah. have a questioning attitude and, uh, you know, that's, that's what this Liberty train's all about. Just question stuff and, and, and we'll find our way, you know? Cool. So. Well, I'm glad to be with you in the fight. Right on, bud. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Don't go anywhere. All right. Hey boys, this is Bad Arkist OG from Smoke Pit Storytime. Just want to say I miss your silky sweet voices. Looking forward to when you guys come back. Hope you and your families are doing well. And I uh, look forward to hearing the, uh, the goodness of truth that you guys are going to be bringing in your future episodes. No king but Christ, boy! 
Hey guys, thank you for listening to Unshackled Liberty. If you wanted to follow me on Twitter, I am at Q underscore abolitionist. Gumbo is at Crypto Gumbo. Our show account is at Unshackled underscore L. If you like what you're hearing and you'd like to subscribe, please do so. Please give us a good rating. If you leave a good review at Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the next episode. If you want to leave us a voicemail to be included on the next show, and if it's funny and clean, we will do so. You can do that at anchor.fm slash Unshackled Liberty. You can also donate to help us create more content at anchor.fm slash Unshackled Liberty or at patreon.com slash Unshackled Liberty. We thank you for your time. We thank you for your listenership. We love each and every one of you. And don't forget to listen to all of the other shows on the frat.